The book is Startup Nation, the story of Israel's economic miracle, and it's by Dan Senor and Saul Singer. So Seno is an American-Canadian columnist, writer, and political advisor. He's advised the Iraqi government, mm. and he's also been a political advisor to a former presidential candidate in America, mm. Mitt Romney. Mm. And Saul Singer is the editor, or was the editor, at the Jerusalem Post. So this book is about innovation and entrepreneurship, but this time we're not talking about a person, we're talking about an entire country. nation, nation. Wow. the country of Israel, and how it came to embody both these things, innovation mm. and entrepreneurship. And the book answers the following question, a very interesting question. How is it that Israel, a country of 7.1 million people, I think now it's at the time of writing the book, now they're 8.7 million people, yeah. only 60 years old, just 10 years older than independent yeah. Kenya, yeah. surrounded by enemies, in a constant state of war since its founding, with no natural resources, produces more startup companies than large peaceful and stable yeah. nations like Japan, wow. India, Korea, the United Kingdom, and believe it or not, mm -hmm. China, wow. a country of over people. one yeah. billion people. Yes. So the reasons behind Israel's remarkable economic success, according to this book, can be found in its history, its culture, and geopolitics. Mm. Mm. So the book answers, uh, the answers that the authors have given is what we are going to explore. discuss yeah. Yeah. Explore yeah. today. Yeah. And I'll yeah. talk about one thing. Yeah. That is the assertiveness and informality, that assertiveness and informality shape the national ethos of Israel. Mm. Israel has a culture of doubt and argument. Yes. Mm. And that's what they, they say contributes to how it's very innovative and enterprising. Yeah. So the biggest reason, they say, is the people's mentality. Israel people live in a culture of rebelliousness, informality, and assertiveness. Mm. So in 2008, the chairman, or I think the MD of PayPal, we talked about PayPal yesterday, mm. a tech company, came to Israel and acquired a company called Fraud Sciences. Mm. Now, PayPal, for those who don't know, is an online payment service. Yeah. Mm. And Fraud Sciences was a group that combated online yeah, fraud, fraud, as does, the yeah. name suggests. Yeah. So the MD then, Scott Thompson, um, said that the first meeting that he had in Israel with fraud sciences really took him aback mm. and impressed him because the people in the meeting were not afraid to be very honest, ask mm. questions, ask yeah. questions yeah. and challenge PayPal, this big company, yeah. challenge their methods on how they were combating fraud. Yes. So the employees were very unintimidated and openly challenged PayPal's wow. uh, positions. Yes. So what uh, this guy was witnessing is what the Israelis call shutzpah. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's punk <laughs> or uh, it's a Hebrew word meaning cheeky yeah. or audacious, yes. audacity. Yeah. Yeah. So to Israelis, shutzpah is the norm, whether at home or in school, people learn that assertiveness is welcome mm. and expected. Mm. So, and why are Israelis like this? One way that the authors describe or yeah. um, one thing the authors attribute this quality to mm is the rabbinic culture. Yes. So rabbis would have debates with mm. people about the Torah or yeah. the law. And yeah. people were encouraged to give their own interpretations yeah. and to challenge the, yeah. the holy book. Why should you follow the commandments? Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. give their open-minded yes. interpretations yes. of yes. it. Yeah. And so this is... Um, and just before you go, Faith, this yeah. reminds me of another book which must be read against this book that we're reviewing today. Yes. And it's known as The Jewish Phenomenon written by Stephen Silbiger. Mm -hmm. And in that book, he lists about seven principles um, that underscore Jewish success. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them 
is and this is and this actually answers the question you're asking mm-hmm. why do they have so many startups mm-hmm. yeah it's because Jews as as um, the, the Jewish people they believe you you have an eight to five but you must also have a fi- an after five job okay mm-hmm. right so yes get into a profession yes but also seek to do enterprise yeah. Yeah. seek to be like a self and we saw that with Phil Knight and shoe dog right yeah. he took uh, his accounting job but his passion job was the shoes absolutely. and he did that after hours, after hours. so yeah. most Jews you will come across have a side hustle a after side five hustle. PM oh, okay. if they are employed that's yeah. good advice even for Kenya <laughs> <laughs> yes. so what I took away was what he calls the battle battlefield entrepreneur mm. so this is because a lot of Israelis are compulsory compuls <laughs> it is compulsory for them to join um, the army yeah. yeah and so he says that this gives them a culture of you know um, a flat system firstly because once they join the army mm. they the youngest commander is 23 year old 23 years old wow. mm. and this 23 year old is in command of a hundred people a mm. hundred people uh, surgeons everybody and they also have um, ammunition grenades yeah. rifles and they have the obligation to um, execute these missions yes. yeah. and to do them without ha- going to the top yeah so a 23 year old is able to command a unit wow and, and apparently they yes. they deliberately understaff the senior ranks exactly. in the military mm. Mm. Exactly. so that the army can continue being innovative exactly mm. so it's yeah. often a very yeah. bottom-up system yes. in the Israeli defense yeah. force so the Israeli relies a lot on the reserve forces like you said it's a country of 8.7 million now. Yes. Yeah. so unlike other armies in the country where you can have people do army jobs only yeah. Yeah. these guys double double up yeah. Yeah. and so he says hierarchy is diminished when taxi drivers can come command millionaires because when you join the army there's no yeah. you know it doesn't yeah. matter what you what do you want to and 23 year olds can train their uncles their older uncles <laughs> right try talking back to your grandmother exactly. yeah. so the reserve system sort of helps reinforce this anti hierarchy yes. Yes. yes and this is what you see from the war room from when they're at war mm. to when they're in boardrooms and mm. that's why you would find that they would face the PayPal CEOs yeah, and, and be tell able to question them, what they right? think about his company. as small as they were yeah. and as big as PayPal was yeah. and so the book points out the Israeli economic miracle is in part largely due to cross-disciplinary um, creativity yeah so the Israeli military and def- defense forces invest a lot in innovation yeah mm. but it also spills out into other industries um, well. in, in Israel right yeah. Yeah. and the, the question of questioning of authority is obviously there mm. challenging the obvious and debating everything yeah. and they also innovate so everything yeah. every technology yeah. that comes in from the US yeah. so all the weapons and yeah. whatever when they get to the idea their first job is to how can we make this yeah better, better. Yeah. right and we've seen how big military Mossad is in the yeah. world right? yeah. and then in large part um, the military culture comes from what you were saying this debating thing the Judaism mm. the, their religious background has allowed them yeah. to be able to question even people who are higher up in yeah. yes. um, so this was um, this was something I took out of it and I also thought it was key because they said as a, as a lower command mm. you were able to tell Um, your hiring command mm-hmm. that you don't agree with what they do yeah. Yeah. which is not unheard of in any other army system yeah. Oh, yeah, because so armies is, yeah. are about hierarchy exactly. and, and command exactly and this yeah. is something command that is exclu- sort of exclusive to um, uh, the Israeli defense forces lastly the yeah. book recommends that each country have a national youth service mm. voluntarily NYS. or not and NYS <laughs> came to mind and the idea there is to sufficiently challenge and give young people leadership team 
teamwork and mission-oriented skills mm. and experience. So that's what the young Israelis get from their military service. Yes. And that's why when they come into the startups, they treat it like it is war, you know? Yeah. We mm. must succeed, we must survive. And it increases social solidarity, and you're doing something bigger than yourself. Than yourself. Yes. Do you think yeah. that would work in Kenya? I, I, think, I think it could, I think it could, but um, Daniel Arab Moi tried it yes, in the did. 1980s. When it was mandatory. But he realized that when he uh, took people into these camps and he gave them paramilitary training, yes. when they came back out to do the strikes yes. as a university, they were, you know, they, they were like 10 times harder than the police. Oh. So they, they were a match so for the police. Got, and so they, they got the wrong skills. They got the wrong skills. So the they were focusing on the, on the physical instead of the mental. Yeah. But you see, the other factor that we yes. don't have in Kenya yes. is that the Israelis are surrounded by enemies. Yes. yes. So you yes. grow no up knowing yes. that we have to band together. Exactly. And then you also have this very nationalistic outlook exactly. for country first. And exactly. I will put down my, my arms. But then also yeah. when they're at war, who is left to do any economic work? <laughs> let, let, me, let me just get into a bit of history before yes, we close, right? Um, and, and, and in chapter six of this book, he, the author basically recounts the how the economic miracle happened. Mm. Yeah. And so he talks about two, two critical things. Uh, one was the kibbutz system, yes. and the person who implemented that system, David Ben-Gurion. Mm. Ben-Gurion was the founding father of, mm. uh, of, 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 of Israel, mm. right? Mm. And so the interesting thing about uh, Ben-Gurion mm. is um, similar to a lot of founding fathers, he was actually not known as Ben-Gurion. Mm. He, he was, was known as, as David Gruen. Oh. But when he moved to Israel from Poland in yes. 1906, mm. he decided to you know, uh, give himself a fresh name. Okay. So he named himself Ben-Gurion from uh, uh, a, a Jew from the Roman period. Oh, okay. Okay. Fresh start. So, so Ben-Gurion um, you know, was this very uh, hardcore, um, pragmatist kind mm. of guy. Yeah. And they've got a name for that. They call them the Bitsuits. Bitsuits. Right? A bitsuits is, is, is somebody who is a pragmatist, yeah. somebody who uh, doesn't take no for an answer, yeah. who is resourceful, mm. who is impatient, who is an effective manager. You want to get so stuff done. Right? So he's a bitsuits with shoots <laughs> Yeah, precisely. And, and so what, he, what the author says yeah. in, in this book is that to be a successful startup uh, founder, yeah. you've got to have some of these bitsuit, uh, you know, attributes Qualities, to succeed, yeah, right? Yeah. To just persevere and keep, um, uh, you know, keep, keep, keep on, on the, the path, path. Yes, so yes. that you can succeed. Yeah. Now, um, he, when he set up the, 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 the country, right? Mm. Uh, he, he insisted we have to use the kibbutz model. What's a kibbutz? Right, and so so kibbutz is basically uh, it, it basically means a gathering. Okay. Uh, but basically, it's an agricultural settlement which was dedicated and still dedicated to mm. abolishing private property mm. and in ensuring that there's complete equality within the community. Oh, so it's a community. So it's a community, precisely. Mm. And in those kibbutzes have come a lot of uh, innovations in the agricultural sector. Yes. Yeah. Drip irrigation yeah. in, in, in fact, the year 1965. Of the country is arid, semi-arid, or hyper-arid, mm. meaning no rainfall at all. Yeah. Here at the DRC, there's places that rain for uh, 10 months of the of year. The year. 300 yes. days of rainfall, <laughs> yes. and, and they're still poor, right? <laughs> so maybe, as, as, as you're suggesting, yeah. maybe the point is to, to, for you to be a successful nation, yeah. 
two things. Yes. You you be surrounded by enemies yes. so that you're always on your toes. On your toes. And you you be a country that is that has nothing That's in nothing. terms of resources. Yeah. So the enemy so here is complacent. So that you make yeah. something out of out yeah. nothing. Yeah. 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 And that's what we see in Israel, and I think that's what we're going to see with Rwanda in yeah. the next 15 years. I see it too. Since Africa's you guys came from Rwanda, miracle. you've been preaching the And gospel. you see they're surrounded also by hostile neighbors on yeah. some yeah. sides, in right? Uganda, so it's forced them to come together yeah. as well. Yeah, and their history is also their exactly. enemy. Mm. Israeli leadership saw that entrepreneurship needed to be Israel's central comparative advantage. That's why you see so many startups. Yeah. Mm. Um, and entrepreneurship in many countries can be the main engine of growth for economies to evolve and mm. generate. All this was possible for Israel because of their mindset. Their Jewish <laughs> and for us African countries, we must push this. Uh, we must we must push this past mm. the offering of simple reforms mm. and cause a revolution and a renewing of the mind, mm. and also get.